Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Do you realize that there's less than a month to go before you're a married man? You look scared. Uh, it's more an arousal. <laughs> Coming to you almost live from a streetcar stranded atop the high-level bridge. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your hosts. And before we uh, introduce our guest, just a couple things to note. One, I've been sick the last few days, so my voice may go away halfway through the show. And then Scott will do all the question asking and perhaps Adam will just send me some uh, body language. I'll try to translate it. I'm always sending you body language. (laughs) It's true. And uh, we're actually filming the recording of this podcast. You can't see it, um, but we've got a bright young man here named Adam Roy who has decided to spend a Saturday afternoon with us. Exciting. Those are our two announcements. Yeah. But now for the real excitement, because we have one of the Edmonton Twitter community's brightest lights, most (laughs) sarcastic wits, and perhaps drunkest characters. That you can call me. We've got Kathleen Smith also known as Kiki Planet with us. Thank you for coming, Kathleen. Greetings. Would you prefer to that we call you by your Twitter name or by your real name? Or do you uh, care? Kathleen's fine. Kathleen is fine. Yes. And the reason we wanted to have you on the show is because you're up to some very interesting things. Um, chief among them will be the, the uh, soon-to-launch website, kikiplanet.com. Yes. Now, w- before we get into what it is exactly, what made you decide... To start your own website? Originally, I had only planned on starting a blog. Okay. A sarcastic, tongue-in-cheek extension of the character that I do for Twitter. But somewhere along the way, I met uh, so many inspiring young women and young men, for that matter, who were becoming more and more involved in the Edmonton community, making a difference, giving back. And I decided that it would be better to focus on them and what they were giving back to Edmonton as opposed to focusing on my comfy middle-aged life on my sofa. <laughs> and is that where you spend the majority of your time? That's uh, that's where I do everything. <laughs> There's great. the perfect butt-sized groove. The best home office it is. takes place on your sofa, I it find. Absolutely is. On her sofa. Well, specifically, she's got a comfy sofa. Oh, okay. I do, in fact, have a comfy sofa. I didn't know that. Um, so, so Kiki Planet originally was going to be your hilarious musings. Now, it's kind of sounds like it's going to be a bit more of a magazine about the city. It is. It's it's morphed into an online magazine. Right now, of course, it's in its simplest form, and we hope that in the coming months, if there's enough interest, we can expand it. But our focus now is uh, shining a light on some of the younger people in Edmonton who are really contributing and making a difference. Can you give us an example of a younger person you might cover? Give us a bit of a preview of some of the content. Absolutely. Our first woman to watch is Brittany LeBlanc of I-880 and 630, whom I think is just the most charming, wonderful young woman I've ever met who is uh, obviously dedicated to 
giving back through Sanders Anonymous. Uh, she expressed expressed excitement during her interview about the upcoming Jerry Forbes Center. She's always out and about doing things. Uh, so she's made quite an impression on us, and we've decided to profile her. Cool. Uh, Seth Glick. I love um, Seth Glick. Big also, fan of Also Mr. love Glick. Brittany LeBlanc, by the way. We've had her on the show a couple times. Uh, a couple times. But Seth is is your friendly neighborhood window washer, and that's how he bills himself, right? He is uh, quite the dynamo. In fact, we we have titled our piece on Seth Cirque de Seth. <laughs> <laughs> because when he enters a room, he brings the fun with him. Oh, man, does he ever. Yeah. And That's his, cool. his involvement in Movember really inspired us and uh, what a huge supporter he is of that and how he he uses his business to promote Movember. Yeah. Cool. So how did you stumble upon these stories? And and is it just you that's that's helping to write them. Tell us a little bit about how the whole thing's coming together. Oddly enough, it started with a Twitter party that uh, we had at my home back in February. It was hashtag cold hearts, hot pants. <laughs> and it was meant to be little more than a, uh, we don't need your stinking Valentine's Day event. <laughs> sure. And we left it as an open call to any woman who wanted to show up. And we expected We'd get, you know, the usual 15 to 20 crowd. And at one point in the evening, I'm standing at my kitchen island looking around me. My 75-year-old mother-in-law is on the sofa with her lifelong best friend. My uh, dear friend of 34 years and I are, are talking to Kaja Gavlak of Code Word Media Design. We'd only met her briefly in, on a couple other occasions. Mm-hmm. And there were 68 women standing around Holy us. Holy cow. That had just converged on my home for the opportunity to connect, to meet each other. We have an errant iPhone interfering. It's okay. It's okay. And uh, we were kind of, at that moment, you don't, real, you don't take the moment to realize what's happening when you look around. That there's this amazing... Thing going on. The people that were there, Brittany LeBlanc was there, uh, Katie Plesek, Roma from Calgary. She'd come up all the way from Calgary. It was just this amazing, amazing convergence yeah. of women. And then at one point in the evening, the men actually crashed our party, <laughs> which is a big no-no, gentlemen. And uh, their their excuse for crashing it was, we were tr- we were trending in Canada no on way. Twitter. Our little anti-Valentine's Day party and we didn't even even then there wasn't a moment where we stopped and went wow this is a huge moment instead it was hell we're trending in Canada (laughs) pour another round (laughs) that's fantastic and after that moment especially for Kaja and I we we realized you know there's an opportunity to to take what we've been a part of now and turn it into something more than just a, a party crowd what if those 68 people had showed up to do something really spectacular. Mm-hmm. What if we'd all showed up at a charity event? What if we'd all shown shown up to volunteer? What kind of difference would that have made? And so that, that helped kikiplanet.com morph into being more about what you can contribute as an individual and who is leading the way in doing that. Cool. So it's going to be profiles of Edmontonians, um, yes. Prominent Edmontonians, and you said young. Um, is that necessarily part of? 
every single story? It's not necessarily part of every story, but it's the focus simply because Edmonton has a reputation of being a party town. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do on a Friday night for a certain age group, specifically the 20 to 35 crowd, is we go out and drink yeah, on we do. White Ave. That seems to be the sole purpose of our week is to get on Friday nights. So I think what we're really trying to do is inspire that age group onto something more. Yes, partying with your friends is great, but there's other things you can do to both enjoy being with your friends and enjoy the city that you're living in. Yeah. Showing it, our, right now our motto is to show a different side of Edmonton, that we're not the place you go back home to to visit your grandparents anymore. Yeah. There's a new urban, educated population in this city, and they're the future of the city. It, we're no longer a city where uh, the youth get educated and move away. More and more, we're becoming a, a city where the young people stay, and they put their skills to work here in Edmonton, and we really need to focus on that. We brandy around this this phrase, world-class city, world-class city. I'm getting tired of hearing I'm so. That. I'm so tired of hearing. It's an excuse for every dollar spent, really. But being a world-class city is about more than art galleries and new museums and arenas. Not that I'm opposed to any of that. You cannot be a world-class city unless your young, educated population stays in your city and continues to build your city. Over the past weekend, I had the good fortune to participate in the Edmonton International Film Festival's 24-1 Challenge. Now, this challenge involves getting together with a group of buddies, writers, producers, actors, guys who can compose music and that sort of thing, and creating a film in 24 hours. So on Saturday morning at 11 a.m., we were told to go and to create a movie based on a genre that we were given, a line of dialogue that we were given, and a prop that we were given. And for my group, we were given the line of dialogue, Pretty in Pink, and I think that everyone in the Edmonton International Film Festival 24-1 Challenge was given that line of dialogue. Our prop was a small gold cup, the kind of of cup you'd see on top of some kind of bowling trophy— And the genre we were given was Western. Now, at the time that you're hearing this, we can't reveal our movie. It's part of the uh, event that takes place at the end of this week on Friday, September 30th, all around the wrap-up of the Edmonton International Film Festival. But I do have a couple of interviews to share with you. The first is with one of the producers of our movie, Wade Kelly, who shares with you a delirious and completely nonsensical and unserious interview with me. And this this was recorded late um, on Saturday evening, just after we'd wrapped up the shooting and begun the editing of our film. We also chat, uh, chat with uh, Marsha, Amanova, who uh, was an actress in our film. And finally, 
we share a few words with Rafael Aloro, who was one of the other producers in our film and one of the brainchilds of the entire thing. I hope you enjoy the story of the movie that we produced, which is called The Last Stanza, and you'll be able to see it on YouTube starting on Friday evening. So enjoy these interviews. We may sound delirious, and I was part of the team. I was one of the actors on the team, but we had a really, really great time, and I can't wait to do it again next year. So this is Adam coming to you almost live from the edit suite of one of the teams of the Edmonton International Film Festival's 24-1 contest. I'm sitting here with Wade Kelly, whose team has just finished watching a rough cut of their video. How do you feel about the video, Wade? I think we're going to uh, lose <laughs> terribly, badly. No, it's, it's, it's excellent. Uh, our editor, Phil, is astounding. He did a great job putting it together. And already at the rough cut, we're very excited. There's a lot of laughter, so it's great. And so what was the theme of the video uh, this time around? Um, mostly a slasher film, kind of like a snuff thing. Um, gentle snuff, I would say. Like, not hardcore snuff. Like, in between hardcore and gentle. Somewhere like moderate snuff. What was it really? Oh, it's a, it's a Western theme. <laughs> and... How long did it take you guys to... to and by the way, you guys includes me. I'm part of the cast of this ridiculous video we put together. How long did it take everybody to come together and, and put the idea into place? Why don't I just ask you the questions then? Because that would be... Because you were there. Uh, Wait, it's my show. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. So uh, uh, we went to a place called Java Express, which is going to be open for exactly one more week and two, day, two days. No, less than a week. Yeah, next Friday it closes. So get ready for that. Um, so it's the last year. We went there last year as well. It was fun. Um, two hours. We sat, I think, for two hours and brainstormed. We knew what our theme was. We knew we had to include one line. We had a prop. And uh, it was uh, useful to kind of help build uh, the story structure with some things to center ourselves. And it's two hours, and then we went and got some equipment and started shooting. And how integral was this, uh, this prop that, that the film festival gave your team? Uh, I think the prop was the auspices. Is that, a, is that a word? Are we are we agreeing? That's a word. Is that a word. I think it is. The auspice is for the story, the impetus, impetus. Let's start that one question again. Okay. So, <laughs> how impotent was your? How? How integral? How integral was the fuck? How integral was the uh, the prop that the film festival gave you to the plot of your story? Uh, it's the kind of the impetus for the story. The whole story it kind of revolved around that, and uh, it, was, it was useful to get us going, get our creative juices flowing. Now, did that's, you? That's a metaphor. Ju the juice thing. Yeah, it was a metaphor, a flowing thing, a metaphor. Okay. Do you know why it wasn't a simile? Because I didn't use like or at. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think. Um, uh, did you guys try and make it? A serious film, or did it turn into something less serious? Um, what we tried to use for inspiration um, was the the great filmmaker uh, George Lucas, and um, especially his later works, which we really uh, were inspired by. Um, I don't know if you saw um, Return of the Sith, but that show. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I I believe the question was, Wade, do you take anything seriously? 
mostly just George Lucas films. <laughs> <laughs> now, I should note that it is around quarter to 11 p.m. as we're recording this. Everyone is more or less delirious. We've just had wontons that may or not may or may not have been drugged. Is that true? They were laced with pork and <laughs> green onions. Um, uh, going back to your previous question about the pork, it was delicious, and we really enjoyed the wontons. I don't think my previous question <laughs> was about the pork at all, but uh, given the late hour, I think I think we'll we'll end it here. Serious? We, we wanted to be serious. No, we didn't. We knew it would be kind of funny because in six minutes you're inevitably going to be somewhat humorous and. Uh, what we hope to be and uh you know we tried to utilize all of our large heads and uh, oversized noses and i think that compared to the average population i'm sorry but if we got a tape measure out i think that we would uh be we'd have larger skulls it was hard to find cowboy hats that fit us i think that was our biggest challenge finding cowboy hats that fit yeah i don't think we should have had those wontons thank you very much wade kelly for being the person that you are Less useless than Wade Kelly, though, an integral crew member to the 24-1 team that did a Western-themed video is uh, Marsha, whose last name I now forget. Aminova. Say again? Aminova. And Marsha was one of the uh, lead roles in the, uh, in the, uh, the video that we made tonight. You had to be a, a poet. Uh, was, that, <laughs> was that a new and challenging role for you? Well, yes, absolutely. Po poetry is not my forte. I, I do have an English degree, though, so finally I'm using that literary background uh, for something useful. You feel like because of this whole experience, you've arrived as a human being. Definitely. Um, I think that my favorite scene really has has to do with the carrot, and, and it's a, it's a, a repetition, and... You know, I brought back the emotion and, you know, pain that I felt in last year's um, uh, film that we did that I won Best Actress for. So yeah. You just had to get that in there, didn't you? I had to sneak that in there, yeah. <laughs> so it was last year the first time you'd been in, a, in a, one of the 24-1 videos? Yes, it was. Um, I've been friends with uh, Wade for a long, long time, and I was graciously invited last year to be talent for, the, for their film, and um, it worked out well, yeah. I was very excited to be involved this year. Was it as challenging this year working with Wade as it was last year? It is always a challenge to work with Wade Kelly. <laughs> I think that's a fair, fair answer. And what do you think your team's chances are, our team's chances are this year for uh, making it into the top 10? Well, I would say we probably have a one in four chance of making it into the top 10. I'd say that's, <laughs> I'd say that's pretty accurate, given that there are 40 teams registered. Um, what was your favorite part of, uh, of the team, of the, sorry, what was your favorite part of the day uh, filming and editing and making wontons, apparently? Well, aside from making the wontons, I think my favorite part of the day was, was whipping my bike. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Treating it like a horse. High point. And, uh, and um, what are you looking forward to this coming Friday? Um, well, I would like to see our team do well. So I'm hoping that we are one of the top 10 films screened, and I hope that we make people laugh. Well, good luck to us. Thanks for chatting with me, Marsha. <laughs> Thank you. So now the real interview with the real mastermind behind the real movie. 
I'm here with Rafael Aloro, who is basically the, the Captain S of this crazy ship. How do you feel like the day went today? We sailed straight and we sailed true. Um, oh, another beer, I see. Oh. Well, hey, you know, it's late and here we are. That is what, eight now today, Adam? But it's been throughout the day. True. Everything in moderation. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm the, the captain. I think we're actually a, a pretty evenly keeled team. Uh, to continue with the boat metaphor. Yes. <laughs> and I know nothing about sailing. She was, yeah, no, wait, that's, that's for, for planes, maybe? I don't know. Um, no, we had a, we do a lot together. We brainstorm everything together, and this is our, our third year now. And we expanded our, our cast and crew by at least two additional bodies uh, this year. And I think everybody had a... Uh, we all had, uh, we all contributed equally. Everybody brought something a little bit different. I mean, you were our, our sound guy and also had a special guest, guest starring role this year. Uh, we brought in some pretty amazing character acting, uh, from our friend John Astasio. <laughs> and, uh, even, uh, Wade, who... The first year, Wade and I uh, were on screen together. Uh, I decided that would be my final performance, and I w my talents were best behind the camera. Why? What made you decide that? Uh, basically because I had a camera that I could operate the, the, the year after, and I think I'm the only person who knows how to use the, uh, the video equipment that I have. So, uh, And also, we have extremely talented uh, Marsha, best actress. Maybe she might have mentioned that. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, when there's someone in the room who can just create a character from absolutely nothing, why would I try to get in the way of that? Sure. Now, what what is it that makes you want to do this year after year? Because this is your third year. Um, it's a lot of work. What What keeps you coming back? Well, it actually kind of started as a little bit of a project to get our friend Phil, who's a very talented composer, to give him something to, to score. And, you know, we'd heard about the contest a few times. Uh, originally, the, the first team was just Wade, Phil, and, uh, you know, I had a little bit to do with the first, the first time. Uh, but we each brought something unique to the table. Wade has a minor in the dramatic arts uh, from the University of Alberta. Uh, Phil, again, he's a composer, and I dabble a little bit in photography, and, you know, I'm sort of a wannabe cinematographer, so we thought, you know what, it's 24 hours, if it's so bad, no one is ever going to see it, if it's good, a few hundred people might see it, and it's only one day, so we decided to, to give it a shot, and it was actually a really fun project, and to see a, see a movie come out of you know, a few stressful, stressful hours that are kind of hilarious. Uh, it just made sense to keep on doing it. And every year we keep on convincing more people to participate. And, and I think every year our movies get a little bit better and a little bit more polished and a little bit, uh, the plot makes a bit more sense each time. Uh, when we go back and watch our, our first movie, uh, where I die tragically uh, on a rooftop. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel. You can find it. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, when I, when I watch those again, it's just, you get to relive that day again and again. And I like to see how we've improved on, 
our story, on our narrative technique. And did uh, was there anything hilarious that happened to you today while you were out filming? Anything strange, peculiar, or perfectly normal? Well, uh, we really wanted to get, I mean, we had the Western genre. So we were searching for locations that were publicly available and wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be in anybody's way because you have to get people to sign a waiver. So we we were searching for some for some spots and we found some ones that were really good just a few few blocks away from where we were doing most of the um, most of the filming. And uh, there were some Edmonton characters that might have driven by, given us a catchphrase that we used again and again uh, throughout the course of the day, and wish that we could incorporate it in our film. But you know, it was, it was a bit off color, and I just I don't feel comfortable. Uh, and actually, I'm a bit offended that you brought it up again. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. This is a family-friendly show. For the record, some douchebag drove past us and gave us the middle finger and told us to take a picture of this. I believe was what he said, something like that. Maybe, but I, but I didn't want to offend Rafael. So let's just forget this ever happened. So, given the late hour of this recording, the fact that you've already seen a rough cut, and the fact that most of us has, have consumed wontons and alcohol. What do you think your team's chances are of making it in, say, the top Our five? Team, Our teams. Because I Wade's right, acerbic though he may be, uh, I am on this team. This is a total conflict of interest, this entire interview. But here we are. Well, you didn't get paid in anything other than wontons, so... I mean, and I'm not getting paid anything for this appearance, even though I generally charge quite a bit to have my voice captured. Yeah. Uh, but chances of the top five, you know, it's, uh, I don't like to make predictions. Uh, simply because the, you know, we were really impressed with the, the caliber of the other films that were shown last year. Uh, some of them were absolutely hilarious and, uh, and you know, Here's, here's, a little, here's a bit of a story. I was at the Apple Store some months ago, and I happened to be at the Genius Bar, and there was a fellow beside me who happened to be in one of the other films. And hearing him talk about the process, and he was trying to encourage you know, the little genius on the other side to participate in, in the film. And of course, you know, I was eavesdropping because that's what I do. And you know, I wanted to pipe in and be like, oh yeah, I, uh, I was also one of the, the winning films last year. But it was just really great to hear the, ex the same type of experience being echoed in a complete stranger who I only recognized from, you know, from the big screen. So, you know, I don't really care if we make it into the top five. I mean, I'm going to remember this day, whether we're shown next week. I mean, I hope we are, but really, if we don't make it, we will still live, our film will still have a life online, and we'll just, uh, we'll just find some somebody to pick it up and, and screen it elsewhere. I mean, I've got a few friends at, uh, you know, at Metro Cinema. Maybe they might want to, to show this and uh, it might become the new Edmonton cult classic. I think that's probably pretty fair to say. Um, good luck to our team and thanks for chatting with me this evening. Thank you, Adam Rosenhart. <laughs>
Have you considered sponsoring or advertising on a local podcast? Well, this is your opportunity. The Unknown Studio is looking for advertisers. If you're interested, contact Adam at theunknownstudio.ca or Scott at theunknownstudio.ca, and this space could be filled with your ad. Now, back to the show. We should take a moment to thank our sponsor. Yes. We do have dear friends at Edmonton's Hogwarts of social media. Yeah. Guru Digital Arts College. That's right. Everything you ever wanted to know about web design, comic book design, 3D art, um, and even sound engineering. They're introducing a course around all this digital content, everything you ever want or need to know about is at Guru Digital Arts College. That's gurudigitalarts.com. Ask, ask for Owen Brierley. He is the Dumbledore-esque headmaster <laughs> of the school. That's right. And he is full of the same kind of wisdom and whimsical magic. Yes. It's terrifying. So thank you to Guru for sponsoring The Unknown Studio. Do you feel that uh, social media has helped uh, raise kind of an awareness uh, about the community and uh, what's going on in it, especially amongst a younger, I want to say generation, but that's maybe a little too broad, uh, amongst uh, a number of the younger people currently living in Edmonton. Absolutely. I think it's uh, it's also changed the way the the 20 to 35 crowd view themselves and their lives as well. It's cool now to get involved. It's hip. Yeah. It's the thing to do. And with with the younger people I've met, if you're not giving back, if your life is the white ab party crowd they not only don't have respect for you but they wonder what's your issue yeah there's got to be more to you than this (laughs) Uh, why why is this how you spend your time when you could really be doing something else i prefer to get my drunk on when i'm somehow giving back to charity so like uh when roma uh did her yeg her first yeg roma event to raise money for uh um, was it Camta or something like that? It was some. It was an uh, a group that sends doctors to Central America or whatever. So um, that was a great opportunity to get together to meet some of these young people, donate, spend time, and also drink. So why not combine the, the weekend warrior element yeah. with something that gives back? Jerry Allenbach is a prime example of that. Oh, and Jerry, amazing. Jerry. Uh, I credit the man with saving my middle-aged life sometimes. It really? me off my sofa. Uh, when I joined Twitter, Jerry was the person who would not take no for an answer. You're coming to this event. You are getting out of your house. He would bang on my door. Really? And when I told my kids to answer the door and say, tell that weird guy I'm not here. I don't even <laughs> know what he wants. He won't leave me alone. He insisted on dragging me out to things and getting me involved. Why do you suppose that is? I think Jerry just has this innate ability to know what people need. And yeah. he does it completely out of out of love, out of enjoying the company of other people. He's been quite the inspiration to me. He got me involved in uh, Yake Help, yeah. which is part of RLP Shelter Foundation to give back. And um, that kind of got me off running on, you know, you, you can have fun. 
you can enjoy your friends, share a few shots, mm -hmm. but in the end, there's still a purpose to it. Yeah. It's kind of been interesting watching your online persona gradually shift, actually, because you started out as... Um, as Bitter old broad. <laughs> kind of like a kept woman at home drinking wine all day, right? Absolutely. And and then and Which then Which was only partially true. Only sure. Fridays and Saturdays. That no, that's and that's fine. <laughs> right? That's like any good Edmontonian, that's right? That's right. But it was it was neat. It's been neat to watch you it's almost like you've undergone a sort of awakening in a way. If anyone who's been and I, I pay particular attention to you because you're interesting and Thank you, you. you talk a lot. Oh, I'm not being totally serious. But it, but it has been neat to see that transformation, and it's and it's been absolutely noticeable. So that when the reason that that we have Kathleen on the show is because originally I thought, well, you'd make a great segment. We could record you for twenty minutes and and or ten, and that'd be it. But then I read Kasha wrote a post on her. Um, what's the name of her website? Code Word Media Design. Right. On her... We'll say it again. Code Word Media Design. And you, <laughs> you should hire this young woman. She's very brilliant. Um, and she talked about the forthcoming launch of your website. And I thought, she she told a great story. She told a really great story. She got me excited. And I thought, well, God, why don't we have her on for the whole damn show? So that and that and So it's really gratifying, actually, to get you in the room because I've wanted to come to your parties before, and even Cash's parties, just never have made it out, and now we're having our own party. I uh, I was always want to make refreshments. it out. Yeah, we can get you refreshments. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to get out to more of the uh, stuff that's going on with the Twitter community. It's just hard to find the time to fit it all in. Scott's a busy man. Uh, between getting married, doing this show, and working a day job whose hours are Constantly in flux. Yeah, always changing. You're also doing Yegprov. Yes. Did you do it last night at... Uh... Uh, at the time that we were recording this, yes. Yes. We did go up last night at Delish Wine Bar. So that would have been on Friday, uh, September 23rd. Correct. Yeah, and it, uh, it sounded like it was a hit again. It was enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Good fun. Uh, and we will continue to do it in the future. So Scott's a busy man. He can't get out to all And this. that brings me to something that Seth, Seth, Seth Glick... Blah, blah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Seth Glick said to me during our interview, He, as I mentioned, he's our, our first male feature for Man About Town. <laughs> and uh, he said that he, he has this frustration with people he knows who say, well, there's nothing to do in this town. Edmonton's a boring town. He said... Don't don't avoid going out. Don't sit on your butt on your sofa complaining about how there's nothing to do in this town mm -hmm. and then use that as an excuse to move to Vancouver or to move to Toronto because for those of us who are involved in uh, social media, my calendar could be filled with something every single yeah. Yeah. day. I'm really picking and choosing at this point what I can make myself available for because there really is so much to do, so much to be involved with. So anyone who anyone who murmurs about Edmonton and nothing to do, they're, they're complaining about a city that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That city's long gone. More than that, uh, and I mean, this is probably a, a bit of a generalization, but those are the kind of people who go, uh, Edmonton's lame, I'm moving to Vancouver, and then they go to Vancouver and they <laughs> still sit on their butts and they don't do anything. But at least but now they're the in ocean. Vancouver, yeah. yeah. And that's the only change, so... No, yeah. they end up in Surrey. Oh, God. <laughs> that's sad. That is... That's that is really sad. very sad. It's depressing. 
Um, so what about for people who aren't plugged in the way we are? I've got a friend who um, actually pretty plugged in, um, but she won't. She's a little afraid of Twitter and maybe she needs a Jerry type person to get her involved. But she keeps asking me, you know, you, you're going to all this stuff. You know about all these things. How do I find out about stuff in Edmonton? And she was asking me and my girlfriend this and we were both just like Twitter is how we find out all of this stuff. Is that the only way or are there other ways that people can involve themselves? Well, not to completely self-promote. Of course not. That's not what you're here for. <laughs> not at all. One of the things we are doing with KikiPlanet.com is Yegenda, where we're <laughs> listing the the events that you could go to in the city, free events, um, events where there's a minor ticket price. Mm -hmm things anyone can get involved in, that's one of the highlights of the website. So that people who don't necessarily engage in uh, social media such as Twitter can still have that opportunity to come out and to possibly meet a few people. And I think you're both aware too that once once you've met the Twitter community, there's no turning back. No, no you are just kind of sucked into it. it. It's kind of like being part of the mob, you know? Like if you try to leave, someone's probably going <laughs> to whack you. <Yeah. laughs> Very true. Yeah. Or they're going to show up on your doorstep with some sort of odd bacon confection <laughs> and convince you to come out. <laughs> Jerry is so nuts. I don't know why we haven't had him on the show yet. That's true, actually. We you have never to. had Jerry yeah, we on the do. show. You need to. And Kasha as well. Yeah. Well, we've we've interviewed her for the Edmonton Music Collectors uh, event that she did in, gosh, was that in the spring? I think it was in the spring. Sounds right. Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, she's a very interesting girl. She is. She personifies one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou, who said uh, she loves to see a young girl go out and grab the world by the lapels because mm -hmm. life's a bitch and sometimes you got to go kick ass. Yeah. And yes, that's actually Maya Angelou. That whole quote? Yeah, that whole quote. Nice. Is, hmm. Who would have thought? No, I know. Bet she never said that on Oprah. She should have. I think she should have as well. It's too late. Oprah's dead or something. I don't know what happened to her. She's not on TV. <laughs> um, now, now you've, are you a lifelong Edmontonian? Born here. Yeah. Uh, at the Royal Alex. Born into the inner city, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah. Um, my mom was a teenage runaway and spent the first few years of my life in, in the inner city. Okay. Then uh, my mom remarried and I became an army brat. So I've been lucky enough to live in several areas of Canada. Yeah. Um, ended up spending a lot of time on the West Coast from the time I was 12 until my 20s. I lived uh, in Chilliwack, Fraser Valley, then moved to Vancouver to become a shining star. Didn't happen. No? Did and, you actually want to be like an actress or something? Uh, no, I think, I think I've always wanted to write, but writing has also changed. Mm -hmm. It's it's more of an open field now. I think there's more opportunities. You can, you can be someone like the redneck mommy, Tannis Miller, who's a huge, huge inspiration to me. Who pours her life out on a web page, but does it with humor. And, and she's a great writer. Panache, fabulous, fabulous woman. There's more opportunities like that now, as opposed to the old. I've seen a lot of uh, bloggers get published too. Like even just published collections of blog posts mm -hmm. and such. So it's, it, you're absolutely right. It is easier to find an audience and then that audience provides the demand and then you can 
be a professional writer. Yes. One of the things that uh, we toyed with over at Oilers Nation when I was still helping those guys out was to get one of our one of the journalists that we'd hired to write an ebook, maybe like 150 pages about his experiences traveling with the hockey team. It was never going to happen. He was impossible to convince. But I thought, man, I mean, I've got experience using InDesign. I can typeset the thing for you. We can turn them into PDFs and sell them for five bucks a pop and see how we do. <laughs> and maybe we make 50 grand. Maybe we make 10 grand. But let's let's try and sell these things. And I think the opportunities like that are, I mean, no, I don't think anyone's going to make, I don't think anyone can rely on the idea that they're going to make millions off a single book deal. But if bloggers like us um, can create these, you know, little, call them <coughs> micro novels or something like that and sell them really cheaply to an audience that already exists because of our online presence, we might be able to get some money that way. Absolutely. So we were talking about your origins in Edmonton. Yes. Um, you never did become an actress mm. or a writer. Well, now you're a, a writer. little lame dinner theater, and that's about Seriously? it. Seriously? Yes, did some dinner theater. You did too, didn't you? Yes, I did. How was dinner theater for both of you? Chow and bow. Is that what it is? Chow and it's, bow. It's pretty low on the, uh, <laughs> on the actor totem pole. It's pretty low. Yeah. Were you actually on the stage or were yes. you? Yes. Yeah, I did a production of uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Oh, yeah. Old Audrey Hepburn movie. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so then you moved from the coast back to Edmonton. In 1991, I did. So what brought you here? Jimmy Pattison Corporation. Oh, really? They I... were first spreading their feet into Alberta, and it was a great opportunity to start with, uh, Saban Foods was brand new right. here back then, so got my foot in the door working at a gas station. No way. Yes. And uh, just stuck around after that, got married, had kids. And how you you'd mentioned before the official beginning of the show that you got married in a backyard on in White Avenue. How how did you and Mr. Kiki meet? Lava life. No way. My roots in online go all the way back. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we met on Lava Life. How uh, long ago was that? Oh, it'll be six years this December. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, how long was the online courtship? Oh. Two messages, maybe. <laughs> really? It was pretty immediate. And right away you knew you guys had to meet. Uh, well, part of that was chemistry, and the other part of it is you get to a certain age, and you just don't have time to waste. Sure. Even in online dating, I, I mean, if you're not going to meet up, I've got other things to do. I can paint my toenails. <laughs> I can, you know, if you don't want to meet up, don't waste my time. Sure. And he was, he had pretty much the same attitude, so uh, we... I think he, we messaged each other twice before we met, and then once we met was instant. That's awesome. He put I deleted my profile, but he put his on hide. Oh. Two years later, he still had his Lava Life profile. We're living together. I'm about to spew forth the fruit of his loins. <laughs> <laughs> and his Lava Life profile is on hide. And when I confronted him about this, he said, but I still got credits. 
<laughs> what am I supposed to do with see, my that's credit? That's just practical. Yeah, see now that there is an example of thinking like a man. <laughs> it's not about you, baby. Baby, I got credits. <laughs> I got fucking credits here. I don't know. Some reason he's a mobster, apparently. Oh, but he did eventually close it down. Good for him. Did he? Yeah, did he wind up using those credits? <laughs> no. no, I think they just wasted away somewhere in the. You know, I I think that he. If he's feeling <laughs> sore about it, he should just think of it as an investment in Absolutely. your relationship. Now, uh, you've had a child together? Yes. But he, did he come into the relationship with kids of his own? No. No. No, he'd never been married, okay. had no children. So you guys have one kid. We have one child together. That's our our daughter, Kiki Jr. <laughs> and I have three sons. They're almost all adults now, 22-year-old. Okay. 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. Now, some of them are still at home. The 17-year-old and the 15-year-old are. Yeah, see, I know this because I read the Twitter. They're quite often fodder for the Twitter. Do they know that? Yes, they do. How do they feel about their mom being uh, an online celebrity? They, They wonder. They still call it a waste of time. What are you doing? Are you, are you on the sofa tweeting again, Mom? <laughs> We're having M M&M and M meat shop for dinner again, aren't we, Mom? <laughs> hey, I like M M&M. and M. They know as soon as they come home. But my both of my boys follow me on Twitter. Oh, really? A uh, great number of their friends follow me. A couple of their friends I've actually introduced to Twitter, and they're now no quite way. the fanatics. Yeah. So do they? This has always interested me because I've I've never really spoken with any young people about how they use it. I've the only messages I see from uh, young people on Twitter are talking to um, usually musicians who are coming to Edmonton mm-hmm. or whom they want to come to Edmonton, saying things like "You need to come to Yeg" because I've got a little Edmonton search uh, column. Um, how do your your boys' friends, your boys and their friends, use Twitter? Is it conversational, like the way Scott or I or you might use it? They're not at that level yet. They use it to throw out one-liners, most of which are really bad <laughs> and angst-ridden. Oh, so sort, the but, emo kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, redneck emo. Because no one's wearing black nail polish in my house, so it's oh, okay. a little bit more redneck emo. <laughs> They're not quite into the conversational Twitter. Yeah. they It's almost a game with them who can come up with the funniest thing to say in 140 characters or less, which to a certain extent is what we all do. Yeah. I'd say that's definitely true. The emo or redneck or not, I've witnessed some adults behave that way on Twitter as well, and it's almost saddening. The dreaded FML. Yeah. Those are my least favorite tweets. Every time I tweeted this past week about being sick, I felt like an asshole. Because <laughs> I was just, but I was like, well, I guess it, I just want everyone to know why I haven't been around. So that's my excuse. Yeah. My, my problem with the FML is it's never about anything really significant. Mm-hmm. My wife died FML. Okay, I can accept that. <laughs> but if your wife just died, are you really going to tweet <laughs> that? I think some would. And if you do... You should also consider the kinds of psychological problems that you may have. That's very true. But you never see those. You see, I broke a nail, FML. Yeah. I can't find my favorite shoe, FML. (laughs) That drives me nuts. You know, I've noticed, though, uh, that it seems like certain people have recognized how stupid their complaints are. Because now they'll say, 
I couldn't find the pair of shoes I wanted to buy. First world problems. Exactly. Now we've gotten real. Exactly. For me, it would be, you know, they're out of the $39 bottle of Massey. <laughs> I'm climbing under a rock with the $29 bottle, you know? <laughs> yeah. So this is Adam coming to you almost live from the streets of Edmonton, and I'm walking down 124th Street with Owen Brierley. We just came from the launch of Digital Alberta at Delish Wine Bar. Owen, what was the launch all about? Well, basically we were uh, launching a new energy in the organization. It's been around for a long time, but uh, we, we have some new blood and, and some new uh, people on the board. <laughs> Physically, so it's literally new blood, and um, and we also we redesigned the website. We're we're working on um, building more of a uh, a community connection at a regional level. So we really want to see. Um, my big mission is to really grow the Edmonton Digital Alberta community, and so a big part of that effort is is talking to people and finding out what makes Digital Alberta uh, relevant to them. And uh, and then once we do that, we can we can really start bringing the the presence into the city and uh, embrace what's already here and augment on on things like game pub and and uh, and demo camp and media camp and startup Edmonton. All of those groups are, are doing fabulous work. And so we just want to make sure that there's that provincial presence for, for that, uh, that stuff that's happening in the city. And what, what is it that a provincial presence can really provide over and above something like what Startup Edmonton and Demo Camp are already doing? Well, I think that partly it's, it's carrying the message beyond the city. I think that the energy and the effort of the individual groups is, is focusing on making the, uh, the work that they're doing relevant to the community. And then what Digital Alberta can do is, is take that and promote it at a, uh, at a provincial level and ultimately be a conduit between what's happening at a federal level to the city. You know, um, the feds typically, they prefer to talk to provincial organizations as opposed to individual cities. So, you know, if we can provide a, a way to bring attention, money, uh, <laughs> you know, those sorts of things into the city, I'm all for it. So what has, what is tra traditionally, what has Digital Alberta done to help digital media content producers, technology brokers in the past? And what's the goal for the future? Well, in the past, the uh, um, one of the biggest things was was helping the uh, uh, sort of awareness of, of Alberta companies by holding the awards ceremonies and then uh, going and and delivering programs that allow uh, uh, Alberta companies to travel to other regions, uh, the South by Southwest events, for example. Um, there was a a serious games event in, in Washington um, and a whole variety of others uh, and, uh, and those sorts of things allow Edmontonians to get out of the city and talk to people in other communities about the, uh, the incredible talent that we have here and start to build some partnerships and awareness and you know that's something that I'd love to see happen uh, um, because I think we are 
uh, as a community, we have a tendency to sort of put our heads down and, and keep working and, and we don't worry about, you know, shouting from the hilltops about, uh, about how great we are. You know, we're, we're kind of humble that way. Well, I, I wish you and your board at Digital Alberta the best of luck uh, <laughs> as you pursue this bold digital vision. And where can we find, where can we find you guys online? Uh, you go to digitalalberta.com. Right on. Thanks for chatting with us, Owen. My pleasure, man. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. Now, for those of you new to the Unknown Studio, I should tell you once a month, Adam and I head down to Haven Social Club. It's on the third Wednesday of every month, and we attend Edmonton Story Slam. It's one of those events that takes place in Edmonton that virtually no one knows about, but it is definitely an unplucked gem. And at Edmonton Story Slam, writers get up on stage, they tell a story, it's less than five minutes long, and then the audience gets to vote on their favorite story. Wonderful. It's one of the best things in Edmonton that no one knows about. Now, just this month in September, we attended Edmonton Story Slam, and the host that night was Rick Snyder. We'll let Rick explain the rules. Now, for any of you who are new, uh, most of you probably know this, but the new people wouldn't. Story Slam Edmonton started in 2006, so we are now five years old. We were incorporated as a nonprofit entity in 2008. We were the second Story Slam in Canada. Uh, behind Vancouver, and the third story slam in North America, beside behind Vancouver and New York. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. Now there's story slams are popping up all over the place. I think part of the reason for the popularity is because we are open mic. We don't censor our readers, our authors. You can come up, tell your story the way it should be told, in your words, the way you want to tell it. And we're really proud of that. We have five judges that are picked from the audience at random, and up to 10 speakers. Uh, Tonight we will have six, so I will throw a story in there as well. That way, whoever gets first really is only going to be second, because I'll go first. We're going to have a break at the midpoint. We will literally pass around the hat, uh, accept donations. All the money donated will go to the winning author. Uh, Again, if you're new and you don't know what's, what's a reasonable donation, we suggest $5 is a reasonable amount. Uh, you know, certainly you can give more if you want. If you don't have enough, well, you can give less, but we figure five is about a rough number. If you don't have cash, there is an ATM at the back, so you can't get away with it. And if you're on a date, throw in $5 for your date. You know, it should be $5 a person. And you want to impress her, throw in 10 or 20 each. Okay, we have a five-minute time limit. Uh, You want to go five minutes. After five minutes, we're not going to kick you off the stage, but if you go to seven minutes, we will give you the gong, and then we come out with a big hook and haul you off the stage. If you go over the five minutes, 
there is a five-second grace period. After that, we're going to start deducting points. Half a point, or 0.5, for every 10 seconds you go over. Now, that might not seem like a lot, but the first time I went to Story Slam, I actually won. And the second place person, I beat them by 0.1. So losing 0.5 off your score can really make a diff big difference. may not seem like a lot, but it can really add up. The timer starts as soon as you speak into the mic. So if you get up here and you go, my name is Rick Snyder, the title of my story is what I did for my summer vacation, you've just blown away 10 seconds. And if your content of your story is five minutes even, you're going to lose points. You don't need to introduce yourself. You don't need to tell us the title of your story, unless you think it's really relevant and you want to tell us the title. Well, you can, or if it's a really short story. Just keep in mind that that timer starts as soon as you start talking. We want your stories to be original. We want them to be unpublished works. And there's no repeats. You can read from a script. You can tell it from memory. Or you can, like I said at the start, you can just get up here and wing it. Sometimes those are the best stories when people get up here and they tell us embarrassing or personal stories. And we have a lot of fun with those. Uh, the judges, we pick five people at random. We've given you whiteboards. You're going to give us a score between 1 and 10. Uh, one decimal place only, please. If you want to give them a 6.9, that's fine. Don't be giving somebody a 7.356, because we're going to be rounding that down. And yeah, we're not good at math. That's the other thing. We don't know whether to round up or round down. Or it's really tough uh, to get up here and be the first one to tell a story. Uh, judges seem to always rate those people a little bit lower because they're not used to, you know, is the next guy going to be better? Is the next guy going to be worse? If you think it's a great story, give them a good score. You know, don't be shy. If you think it really sucks, well, don't give them a good score. What you want to do is be entertained. Does the story move you? Does it make you laugh? Does it make you cry? Does it make you think? Was it entertaining? I've heard some really great stories that were very poorly presented, and they weren't entertaining. I've heard some mediocre stories that were presented by a great reader, great storyteller, and they were very entertaining. They got a good score. So, you know, whatever you want, whatever you feel. Um, but again, it's really tough sometimes just to get up here, so be kind. No heckling the performers is what I'm trying to say. But judges, if you give a really bad score, you might get heckled. Okay, I think uh, that's about all I need to cover right now. We uh, will cover a few more things later uh, as we get into it. Well, now you understand how this whole thing works. So obviously there's a winner who gets awarded a big pot of money every night. And this night, it was a young woman by the name of Jackie Rutko who told a hilarious story based around Nigerian internet spam. Here's Jackie's story. Conversations with a Nigerian Scam Artist by Jackie Rudko. I came home from work one night to find this message in my inbox. Peace and blessings be with you. I am Honorable Hillary M. Weston, the 26th Lieutenant Governor of Ontario. Recently, my doctor told me that I have limited days to live due to my cancerous problems in addition to a stroke. I found your profile in the Internet Directory database. Taking into consideration your status, I consider you a perfect choice to achieve a positive result in this project. Can you engage yourself in charity work if I make $12 million available for you? Hillary M. Weston. Hmm. Dear Mrs. Weston, I hope you haven't died already. If you have, I'm sorry. 
If you haven't, good for you. Wow, cancer and a stroke, that must make it really difficult to type. I am honored that you have randomly chosen me to receive your money. I can't help thinking that perhaps you should give it to orphans or save the whales or world wrestling entertainment. I'm just not sure I'm worthy of this incredible gift. Do you think I'm worthy? Sincerely yours, Nivelda Mushu. P.S. We both have Yahoo accounts. Yahoo! Dear Nivelda Mushu, thank you for your urgent response, and it was well received, my beloved. You have proven to me that you can be trusted. You are a nice person that has feelings. I want you to use the funds for education, health, and empowerment of all levels. Do not jeopardize this transaction in any way once you commence proceedings. As you know, I am on treatment, so I may not be writing you always. I forget because of my health situation. I wish I can meet you, but I cannot walk. The sickness has affected my hearing senses, so I cannot speak to you. You will need to contact my lawyer. He is a good man, and I told him about you in case anything should happen. Please email him your full name, address, and scanned copies of your identification so that he can release the money transfer. Thank you for your assistance. CEO, Hillary M. Weston Foundation. P.S. I laugh, I love, I hope, I try, I hurt, I need, I fear, I cry. And I know you do the same things too, so we're really not that different, me and you. Dear Mrs. Weston, I looked you up online. As the Lieutenant Governor of Ontario, you must be almost as important as the Governor General of Canada. I heard she likes to club seals. I don't. I think hurting those innocent baby birds is just not right. 12 million, huh? I always thought I was destined for greatness. I could be like Kim Kardashian. Your good friend, Nev. P.S. My cat's breath smells like Doritos. <laughs> Dear Nivelda Mushu, Thank you for your update, my good friend. If you're not ready for this matter, do let me know instead of wasting time on talking. Are you willing to carry out this work? I await your details to the lawyer. Do know that time is of the essence. Hillary M. Weston. Dear Mrs. Weston, your response has upset me. My therapist says that talking is never a waste of time. If you are going to give all your money to me, you should know who you're dealing with. I'm just a small town girl living in a lonely world. <laughs> I took a midnight train going anywhere. But I won't stop believing, Nivelda Mushu. <laughs> Dear Nivelda, I really need to know all your dealings with the lawyer, and also to know if you have made claims of the funds. Are the funds with you and you decided to forget the purposes? Why are you doing this to me when you know my health condition? I really want to know what happened to the funds in this transaction. Hillary Weston. Dear Mrs. Weston, you must have already received my details because I received a check last week. You were right. The lawyer was a very trustworthy man full of smoked sausage and Skittles. I have been spending my days rolling in piles of money and leaves that have fallen in my yard. I bought a hockey team and a new toaster. I was also able to purchase some Sun newspapers to study government so that I can follow in your footsteps. And I bought some shoelaces for the homeless children so that when they get shoes, they can follow in your footsteps too. I also bought myself a diamond tiara because I've always wanted to be a Disney princess. Oh, and a Glade candle, fresh berry scent. 
Thank you so much for an easy transaction. I promise to keep up my charitable spending. Bless you and go into outer space now, Mrs. Weston. I will save the world. Your superhero, Navelle de Mushu. Now, of course, we like to pick our favorite story that didn't necessarily win. Now, this particular night, there were six readers. There were some good stories that were told. We decided to pick Caleb Caswell's story. Felt it was one of those stories that kind of hit close to home. It was one of those bizarre stories, but one night stands. You know what? Caleb really tells it best. So here it is, our runner-up for the September Story Slam. If there's a hell, then this is how it smells. I get out of the car, and whatever's in the acrid air condensates on my zipper and drips down, forming a serpentile coil in the puddle at my feet. Something tells me I'm breathing in mustard gas, and my throat tightens at the thought. My tongue becomes too large for my mouth. I tell Morgan we need to get inside now, now, now. Oh, you're right, I should have gotten the keys out of my pocket while we were still in the car. Holy hell, what is that? Whatever she says is muffled by her jacket collar, now pulled as high as her cheekbones. I think it's the dumpster from behind the pizza place, but it's never smelled like that. She fumbles and jumbles the keys into the lock that must have wanted inside as much as we did. The smell is thick enough that I feel resistance, like being underwater when I try and close the door. I left all the windows open. Morgan runs to the living room, the dining room, the bathroom. When she comes into the living room, she's still wearing her jacket. While I'm reclining on the couch, my jacket slung over the table. She sits beside me and gives me a look any boy could decipher. She takes her jacket off in a way that's the height of unsexy. So are we going to do this? Whatever you want. I don't smile. I'm not sure I could. She shakes her hair from its tie, puffing her hair slightly, self-conscious but comfortable, slightly bored but slightly horny. She tells me, you're not a rebound, you know. And I tell her, I am a rebound, and that's what I enjoy about this. At some point, the police cruiser pulls up outside, between the apartment and the pizza dumpster. She leans back into the couch, setting her feet on top of mine, perched on the glass coffee table. I imagine I hear a crack. So if you're a rebound, why am I not getting more play? And I tell her, because part of being a rebound is knowing that this can't possibly go anywhere because you're so emotionally torn up from your last boyfriend and lonely, and I'm stupid enough to get into this situation. It's almost perfect. The police search around, but hardly need to. The smell is a call girl screaming in the street from her desperation to make the night's quota. One of them finally lifts the lid of the dumpster and hurls. She tells me neither of us is screwed up. And I close my eyes. Stop saying that. You're ruining the moment. Did you close all the windows? I'm pretty sure I did. So what are you thinking tonight? And I tell her I want to finish Gladiator while we make out a little bit and then go home. She folds her arm under her breasts. That's not good enough. We pause while one of the policemen hop into the dumpster, knee deep in decaying cheese and pastrami. He awkwardly shuffles the body, but it's slippery from the grease. I open my eyes and look at her. Did I ever tell you about my friend that made out with his girlfriend all the way through the usual suspects? It was the first time he ever saw it, and he only saw the ending. You only get one chance with that movie, and he completely blew it. <laughs> yeah, you told me. It was Chris. I met him last month at the festival. Right, I say. We're quiet. She picks up the channel changer and turns on the DVD player. There's a soft whirring while it considers why we left where we left off and why I would possibly not take this chance. So I tell them both. I've heard that Claire is about to break it off with her boyfriend. The loudest thing in the room is the vibrant red and blue light flashing across the walls. The Claire, she asks. I don't smile. I don't acknowledge that she said anything. The policemen are zipping up the body bag. Morgan places her hands at her sides to get up, but stays still. She stares at the reflection of the television in the coffee table. I tell her that it's just something I heard. 
But you've been waiting forever, she says, but she doesn't have to. She knows it, and of course I know it. Morgan leans on the channel changer and the television flashes on. Russell Crowe standing in a DVD menu screen he gets paid 50 cents for every time it repeats while women fill their baths and light the candles. Do you want to watch the rest of the movie at least? I don't really consider it. I've seen it already, I tell her. We look at one another. We kiss. I stand and dress myself in my jacket while she stares out the window at cops who feel as nauseous as she does. I feel something like the body in the bag. It's an honest and wonderful feeling. Well, you can always find information on Edmonton Story Slam if you look up Edmonton Story Slam on Facebook. You can find a group that's been set up there. You can also find them online at edmontonstoryslam.com. It's the third Wednesday of every month. It takes place at Haven Social Club. That's on Stony Plain Road, right around 101st Street. You should definitely come out. The Unknown Studio is there every month. Come say hi to us. Come say hi to the writers. And come enjoy one of the unplucked gems of the city of Edmonton. That reminds me. Tell me about Skinny Girl. What's that? Skinny Girl. And, and is it something that Scott or I could drink without being embarrassed? She'll tell us about Skinny Girl. Okay. It, it depends on whether or not you're a true lime margarita lover. I yeah. love the Skinny Girl. I think I could be. It's very good. Okay. It's all natural. It's made with true blue agave tequila, mm. real lime juice. And it's Skinny Girl because? It's Skinny Girl because it's only 120 calories a glass. Can you believe that shit? 120 calories a glass. Now, this is good news for Adam because he's trying to lose weight and he loves girly drinks. I do. You love girly drinks. Well, yeah. Would never have assumed this about you. I also, girly drinks, I like beer, like all of the boozy stuff. He likes alcohol, really. But but my, my drink of choice is um, a rum and coke. Really? And it's got to be dark rum or black rum. Do you sparkle it up with a little lime, maybe? I don't know. A little rye press? It's kind of sissy. Because <laughs> <laughs> skinny girl is all mad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, limes, uh, I, I could never be bothered to actually buy limes, so no. You should try it. Yeah? It might just, you know, do a little Coke Zero. I'm not sure if Crown Royal does a skinny boy version. That would be interesting. <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> that reminds me, though. We need to thank the people at Coke Zero. Did we? Yes, we do. Because so over the summer, Scott and I get this email from uh, uh, a marketing agency in, in Toronto that represents Coke Zero. And they said in their email, hey, you guys are awesome. And congratulations on finishing two seasons of your show we want wow. to send you 24 cans of Coke Zero. And we were like, send them in the mail. Well, at first we were, <laughs> yeah, we were just like, what's the catch? And they're like, no catch. We found your podcast. This is what, to me, yeah. this is the really amazing thing because as much bluster as the two of us have, I, I, I don't know if I can speak for you, but I'm still astonished that people listen to us. No, he, he speaks for both of us. Yeah. So, so they're like, we found your podcast. We think it's awesome. It's part of this um, Coke Awesome project. Where do we send the wow. Where do we send the Coke Zero? So they, they, we had them send this thing to Scott, and I've been drinking rum and Coke, or had been over the entire summer as a result. Coke Zero. Coke Zero. So thank you, Coke Zero, yeah. for 
your free product. And now we will mention your name on Coke, our podcast. Coke Zero. Coke Zero. The and wonderful the, people at Coke Zero. Yeah. Are the pounds just falling away now because of the switch to Coke Zero? Or? Yes. <laughs> Coke Zero. That and the... And a steady regimen of exercise. Fitness routine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, that- Walking that, to the fridge to get the Coke Zero? <laughs> is that the- Lifting the Coke Zero. <laughs> um, I actually used to drink a lot of normal, non-diet soda. And yeah, it made a difference getting rid of that. I hate diet soda because of the aspartame. It does taste a little weird. Because it tastes like ass. Pertame. Pertame. Uh, so yes, um, Coke Zero- um, for the last time that we will ever mention, thank you. But yes, unless they send us more stuff, and then we will mention them, which again. they should send us more Coke Zero. We'll we'll say your guys' name as often as you want for a steady supply of Coke Zero. <laughs> we uh, we will easily sell out for a steady supply of Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> then you might have refreshments for your guests as well. I feel like that was a shot at us just now. They, it, actually, Coke Zero needs to send you a mini bar fridge like that one filled oh no bigger than that filled with coke zero <laughs> okay that'd be awesome shaped like a can of coke zero yes oh that's really cool and some, cool some kind of subsidy to offset the amount it would cost in power to run this second <laughs> fridge <laughs> because as you know the cost of power is increasing blah 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 now back to uh your world yes your planet if you will Yes. Now, you've also been involved in um, speaking out against some of the more ridiculous things that have taken place in Edmonton recently. I'm, I'm talking about um, the fluid hair salon thing you were quite vocal about. Mm-hmm. And this gave, okay, in my mind, this gave rise to just breathe. But it didn't. Is that? It, to a certain extent. So are you involved with Just Breathe yet? Yes, Okay, tell I us am. Tell us about this event. Just Breathe Yeg did come about as a result of the ads, which is something I'd like to touch on a little bit later. Sure. Okay, but Just Breathe is actually the the uh, heart's love of Dana Metcalf, mm-hmm. who owns Mud Studio. Okay. Dana is quite possibly one of the most fiery, wonderful, warm women I've ever met. Her, her life's work is giving back. She... It's almost as though she runs a salon so that she can use a salon to do charity work. If there's something she can be involved in, she's involved in it. When those ads hit, Dana decided that rather than do what a lot of people were doing, which is sit behind their laptops and their computers and express opinions on subjects they really didn't have a lot of knowledge on, Mm -hmm. to make action be the answer to the ads. Why sit around and talk about it? So I had never met Dana. Um, I was a client of the salon and had made a comment on her Facebook page when when all of, when all the ads hit the media. Yeah. Just saying, you know, thank you for being an example because Dana has actually been involved in giving back to Winhouse for quite some time, but she doesn't go around looking for accolades. She just does it because it's what she feels she needs to do as an Edmonton business owner. Yeah. She immediately contacted me via Facebook and said, this is what I'm going to do. Join me. And not having met her, but figuring it was a great cause, I got involved with her. I brought on Kaja Gablak of Code Word Media Design, and the three of us became the Just Breathe team. 
So everything that's happened has started because Dana decided to take action. So at the time that people will hear this, the campaign for Just Breathe will have wrapped up. Yes. And the goal was to raise $100,000 for women's shelters. Do you have any knowledge about where things are at at this point? Absolutely none. Okay. We haven't done any kind of tallies. Um, We had a company called Marketing Techs come on board. So people have been texting donations. Uh, Donovan Creative came on board with us. There's been so many great businesses that immediately, as soon as we announced we were doing this, stepped up. Uh, Focus Communications, Dean and Sue Human, whom mm-hmm. I just I adore them. They're wonderful people. They were the the very first Edmonton business to contact us via Twitter and say, "Where do we send the check?" So how how did businesses get involved in this? What were their options? What we requested was that businesses take the day of September twenty fifth and donate all their profits from that day. One day, give us all your profits. For some businesses, that's it's just simply not doable. Sure. Food industry with such a small profit margin, it wasn't going to happen. Salons, that was entirely doable. A couple yeah. uh, re- retail outlets could get involved. Northland's climbed on board. TD Bank is on board. Really? Like, there are some big names that are involved with the campaign. Dana Metcalf figures close to 15000 her salon alone will be donating. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's going to make a huge difference. Is this something you intend to do again in the future then? Oh, absolutely. We won't stop till it's gone national. We want it to be a national movement. One one day every fall, just breathe day where every business that can get involved gets involved. Wow, that's really great. Hoping. And it's awesome that it started here. No kidding. Yeah. And how it started too. Yeah. Take something negative and turn it into a positive. Absolutely. Now, you had mentioned you wanted to come back to the, the fluid issue. What were your thoughts around that? Uh, for, for me, it was personal. When I saw those ads, it was, it was personal because I grew up in that. Okay. You know, being an inner city child, I grew up in the violence, and I saw how the violence continues. Children who, who grow up in violent homes, they, they are taught to believe that love hurts literally. Hmm. And if it doesn't hurt, it isn't really love. So they go on to their own abusive relationships. It's a cycle that's never ending. So the ads disturbed me. Uh, they, they hit far too close to home for me. But I think what's disturbed me in the aftermath of that is that with the exception of a few local media personalities, uh, specifically Ryan Jesperson Mm -hmm. and the entire team at Breakfast Television, whom I cannot say enough about. Ryan Jesperson is an inspiration to me. This man gives back so much, does everything he can for Edmonton, but he never does it in a manner that is self-promoting. He does it because it really is where his heart is. He's a real champion of the city. There's no question. Mad respect for him. Yeah. With the exception of him and uh, a couple other smaller, uh, global actually is going to cover Just Breathe. Great. The rest of the media have pretty much ignored us. And yet those ads got nothing but attention for Mm -hmm. almost 10 days. You couldn't go onto Twitter without hearing about those ads. You couldn't go online to uh, any Edmonton-based site without hearing about the ads. 
But then when a grassroots organization says, okay, let's stop talking about the ads. Let's start talking about what we can do to answer them. The media shuts down. Yeah. That disappointed me greatly. I can totally see why. Because, you know, you've got the opportunity now to say, okay, here's what's come out of it that's good. Sometimes I think our media gets so focused on the negative that they they don't tell the rest of the story and just breathe is the rest of that story. This is where the story went. This is how the story ends up. So why not just move the spotlight off of what was an error in judgment? Sure followed by some naivete and arrogance. Let's just take it away from there and move it to where it's it's far more deserving. And I haven't found that. Yeah, it felt like the story ended w- when the uh, Fluid Lounge got graffitied. Uh, to me, that, that, that was kind of the last I'd heard of it, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's why I, I, I wasn't sure if the con- connection was direct between the two, but I'm really glad you guys are doing Just Breathe. I think it's awesome. We're excited about it. What do you think? Do you want to donate some money? Do you want to know the sure. studio? How about uh, how about a couple hundred bucks? That'd be awesome. All right, we would love that. We pledge two hundred dollars to you. Thank you very much. Just breathe. Thanks you very much. You're very welcome. Now it's uh, getting to be that time, Scott. It is getting to be that time. That is your favorite part of the show. Oh, you no. mean the fast, the fast 15? fifteen? That's right. So Kiki's listened to the show before. She's quite fond of the Paula Simons episode. Paula was okay. <laughs> I mean. Spicy eh. broad. Yeah, spicy she was broad. spicy. Spicy. I mean, we'll probably have her on again. Yeah. Sometime. Maybe. But. If she's lucky. If she begs. <laughs> she, if she threatened us. <laughs> but uh, But so the Fast 15, for those of you listening who've never heard it before, uh, we ask our guests 15 questions. The first 13 are standard questions we ask of every guest, and the last two are wildcard questions tailored specifically to the guest of the day. Okay, I'm ready. So Kathleen Smith, here we go. The Fast 15. Number one, your favorite food. Prime rib. Number two, your favorite color. Green. Mac, PC, or Linux? Mac. Yes. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Your favorite holiday? St. Patrick's Day, of course. Ooh. That's that's a maybe a first. That might be a first. Uh, your favorite sport? Hockey. To play or to watch? To watch. Sure. Okay. Your favorite pastime? Giving back. Philanthropy. Right on. Your favorite music at this particular moment in time? Oh, that's I'm really into the Avit brothers right now. Right on. Avit and Mumford Mumford Mumford, Mumford and Sons. Sons? Yeah, 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 love them. Your favorite movie right now? Right now, can I give you a, a yeah anything by John Hughes? I'm kind of going through a John Hughes marathon <laughs> spell right now. That's totally cool. Acceptable. Yes. Your favorite video game? What is a video game? <laughs> Twitter counts as a video game. We're, right. we're going to go with Twitter. Okay, That's sure. about as close to gaming as I get. Right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Probably x-ray vision. Ooh. It's <laughs> kind of sexy. I think that's the first time anybody's wanted to see through things. Yeah. See the truth, maybe. It's metaphorical. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Yes. Come on. Yes! <laughs> You can come back on the show. <laughs> Good. Now That's we're, the litmus test right Yeah, there. it really is. <laughs> now we're on to our wild card <clears throat> questions. If you had your choice, 
Would you drink wine or would you drink hard liquor? Hard liquor. Mm. A particular kind? Vodka. Of course. Smirnoff. (laughs) You and my dad would get along really well. And now the last wild card question. At this particular moment in time in your mind, what is the most exciting thing about Edmonton? The young urban community. The young, educated urban community that are sticking around, that are the future of the city. Fantastic. I'd like to think we're a part of that community. A little bit. On the periphery. We'll destroy it from the inside. That's right. Yes. Kathleen. We're, we are a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I prefer know. benign tumor. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We're, we're the benign tumor <laughs> of Edmonton's culture. We're a cyst. <laughs> just something that we'll just hang out. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. It was thank a pleasure you. to have you. And we can't wait for your website launch, which, which happens September 30th. In fact, there's a party, is there not? There is. Daffodil Gallery, September 30th for the launch. We will be doing the lunch live, in fact. Really? Yes. And uh, if you want to know more about it, visit the Eventbrite page. And do you have a, a URL for that? Uh, Eventbrite, www.eventbrite. <laughs> but is there is there a <laughs> specific pre-URL? You know how sometimes Kiki there's... Planet Launch Okay, is all you Kiki need. Kiki Planet Launch. And if you need more information, hop on Twitter and look up Kiki Planet. That's K-I-K-K-I Planet. Thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 55. Our guest, Kathleen Smith. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Put more fun stuff on your uh, iPad. Your iPad is so organized. Everything's in little. <laughs> it's just it's who I am. You don't need to know about when my cat was born. <laughs>